completed preparations that are being monitored and checked, ready for the arrival of a bridegroom at a wedding feast, just the feast part. I think they have the wedding and then they go off and, and they have this feast and everything's supposed to be ready for when the bridegroom arrives, but um, you never quite know when that's going to be. Um, I think even more so in this culture than perhaps in ours at the moment. But this is a heightened state of readiness. This isn't just hanging around doing other things while you're waiting. This is waiting purely ready for the event to happen. It could be in the next few minutes, but it could be much later on. It could even be in the middle of the night when you should really be doing something else like sleeping or praying. But the call is to be ready now, watching intentionally for the bridegroom. So that's the first story. The second story speaks of a thief coming to a house. You have to look for that because it's only a couple of verses, 39 to 40 there. But the implication here is a fairly obvious one. It's fairly straightforward. If you knew the exact time that the thief was coming, you'd be ready, wouldn't you? You you would either do something to prevent your house being broken into or you'd have already called the police. Although I'm not not sure they would probably say, yeah, okay, we'll come around at 2.30 when he's coming. Um, but, But you could be much more ready and waiting and watching, couldn't you? You wouldn't go to bed and go to sleep. Just hope it never happened. And the third story, verse 42 to 48, is after Peter's question, which we will come back to. And it refers to a servant who's been given some responsibilities. And because he thinks that his master isn't going to return yet, he starts to effectively abuse his position. Uh, mistreating people in his care and misusing his master's provisions. But the call there is to work as if the master's return is imminent. It's just about to happen. Or it could happen at any time. And ensure that at any point in time, everything is just as the master would expect it to be. So in a sense, we've got all three stories uh, are speaking about an unexpected arrival that we know when, or we know what is going to happen, but not exactly when. It's not in the diary. It can't be pinned down to a specific time. Probably a bit like Max's arrival, I don't know. You, You... You know it's going to happen. It's fairly obvious it's going to happen. But you don't know exactly when. But it will happen. And the call then in all three is to be ready. To be watchful. To be prepared. So that we're not surprised or caught out. And so if we see this this theme covered by three stories... Where we might think, well, this is quite important then, if it's being told three, uh, three times effectively. But who's it important for? 
And that was Peter's question in verse 41. And um, if you read around this, you see Peter does come in for quite a lot of stick on this one. But I I don't think he's necessarily um, clear exactly what he's thinking or asking here. But it could be, I think, at least one of two ways. Firstly, perhaps Peter was listening to this and thinking, constantly being ready, girding my loins, trimming lamps, waiting up all night. This sounds like hard work. Perhaps this is for people who are looking for the Messiah. Uh, They're still waiting to find the Messiah, so they've got to be very... Uh, ready to, for the Messiah to come. And that would have been um, something that most Jews would have been watching and waiting for, um, particularly at that time when they were under the Roman oppression. So perhaps Peter was thinking, well, I've already found Jesus. He's the Messiah. I'm done. I can sit this one out. This is for other people who haven't yet recognized Jesus. But perhaps he wasn't. Perhaps he was asking as Jesus might have some special and particular responsibilities for his disciples or his followers, or that's who he's talking about when he says us in his question. Perhaps he didn't want to miss something that Jesus was saying. He should do. And then we come to Jesus' answer, which is really an answer with a third story. And it doesn't seem to exactly answer Peter's question. But it does indicate that followers of Christ do have to serve with a heightened sense of watchfulness. But those who are not followers, will be surprised when Christ returns. And there won't actually be any more time left to get ready or prepare. We had um, a little incident this week. I always tend to look out for things during the week that might um, point to uh, something I'm speaking on. And um, it, it had got to pretty late in the week, and I thought, oh, maybe there isn't anything this week then. It's just been a fairly normal week. Uh, and then yesterday was, I think, day three of not seeing our cat. And we'd been kind of looking for him, and he doesn't usually go off. So it actually reached that point where we thought, right, better do something about this in case he's shut in somewhere. So we actually started getting some things ready. I'd printed off a few things. Actually, Rebecca's cat. Um, I, of course, never admit to liking it or having anything to do with it. (laughs) Um, So I'd I'd printed off a few things for her to go and take round to to the neighbours, saying we'd lost him and could they check their sheds and things like this. My wife, Paula, had rung all the um, vets and various places that he might have been taken to had anything happened and then Rebecca went out and started looking for him and taking these things around so as we were kind of all getting ready 
for something that we hoped he would come back. Um, and then after we'd done all that and made all those preparations, we were much more watchful now that something might happen. I thought that's quite a thing, isn't it? When we actually haven't done any preparations, we're not as kind of watchful already. We're not in that same heightened state. And the amazing thing was, we were all sat around having lunch on Saturday, and he just appeared in the back garden like nothing had happened. And of course, we're all in a heightened state of, there he is, and everyone like, went charging out to get him. And it was, like, yeah, it was quite strange, really. So he did return. But let's examine the context of this watchfulness, because I think the context of this is important. In the three stories, we see servants, food, drink, housekeeping, sleeping. These are everyday routines. The call to be watchful comes amid the, if you like, dreary, mundane, run-of-the-mill type of activities. This isn't a special one-off, once-in-a-lifetime event that you're being called to be watchful on. The people aren't involved in some periodic celebration or special festival. They're not even at church. The ones at the wedding feast might have been um, at the temple to start with. But this is regular, everyday stuff. And the call is to be watchful amid all of that. So if we take on board for us today what it will mean to be watchful in our everyday lives, how can we be expecting to see the Lord at work in our lives as we eat, work, relax and sleep? So far it seems we all need to be watchful and we need to do it all the time. So that's a bit of a tall order, isn't it? Or is it really just as simple as being alert to God's work in our everyday lives, expecting him to step in to the situations at any time. If this seems difficult or troublesome, look again at the first and third stories. There's a real blessing here, a real blessing. This is a good way to live, watchful, pleasing the Lord. Why is that? Well, it seems following on from the previous passage on worry that being watchful will reduce or replace our worries. Jesus doesn't just say, do not worry, as I, when you read the whole section. He says, be watchful. And we probably know from experience that you can't just stop worrying. But if something more pressing comes up you do tend to forget slightly at least some of those worries so in being watchful we also have the assurance of being obedient and honoring the lord so servanthood and watchfulness go hand in hand and this will be rewarded and it's rewarded well so in summary Watchfulness, I think, is something for all of us. It's something for all the time. 
and it's something to replace worry. And it's something that will be rewarded. So how do we do watchful? How do we actually do it? And this, I suppose, really is an application. All I'd like to do for this is read, read you a poem. Uh, it's quite a long poem by Edwin Markham, and some of you uh, probably have heard it before, but it, um, I think it summarizes what the call here is. It's titled, How the Great Guest Came. Before the cathedral in Grandia rose, at Ingleberg, where the Danube goes, before its forest of silver spires went airily up to the clouds and fires, before the oak had readier beam, while yet the arch was stone and dream. There, where the altar was later laid, Conrad, the cobbler, plied his trade. It happened one day at the year's white end. Two neighbours called on their old-time friend. And they found the shop so meagre and mean, made gay with a hundred boughs of green. Conrad was stitching with face ashine, but suddenly stopped as he twitched a twine. <laughs> Old friends, good news. At dawn today, as the cocks were scaring the night away, the Lord appeared in a dream to me and said, I am coming, your guest to be. So I've been busy with feet astir, strewing the floor with branches of fir. The wall is washed and the shelf is shined and over the rafter the holly twined. He comes today and the table is spread with milk and honey and wheat and bread. His friends went home and his face grew still as he watched for the shadow across the sill. He lived all the moments over and over when the Lord should enter the lowly door. The knock the call, the latch pulled up, the lighted face, the offered cup. He would wash the feet where the spikes had been. He would kiss the hands where the nails went in and then at last would sit with him and break the bread as the day grew dim. While the cobbler mused there passed his pain, a beggar drenched by the driving rain. He called him in from the stony street and gave him shoes for his bruised feet. The beggar went and there came a crone, her face with wrinkles of sorrow sown. A bundle of faggots bowed her back and she was spent with the wretch and rack. He gave her his loaf and steadied her load as she took her way on the weary road. Then to his door came a little child, lost and afraid in the world so wild. In the dark world, catching it up, he gave it 
the milk in the waiting cup and led it home to its mother's arms out of the reach of the world's alarms. The day went down in the crimson west and with it the hope of the blessed guest. And Conrad sighed as the world turned grey. Why is it, Lord, that your feet delay? Did you forget that this was the day? Then soft in the silence a voice he heard. Lift up your heart, for I kept my word. Three times I came to your friendly door. Three times my shadow was on your floor. I was the beggar with the bruised feet. I was the woman you gave to eat. I was the child on the homeless street. Let's spend a moment just in quiet, thinking about how we might be watchful, ready, waiting, and just let the Lord speak to you. to um, pray uh, and then um, I think afterwards there might be uh, some music that can be played and there, there will be copies of um, that poem available at the front here and um, as, a, as a response if you just want to come and collect I think there's about 30 here so it should be plenty, plenty here you can always get some more if we need them um, but it, also if you want um, to have someone just stand with you and pray at that point, then uh, people from the prayer ministry team will be available to do that. Even if it's just a, a simple prayer, Lord, help me to be watchful. Uh, sometimes it's helpful to stand with someone to do that. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for your word and the wisdom contained in it thank you for the promises that we can see here thank you that as the call to be watchful is there so too is that promise of meeting with you seeing you conversing with you being with you rejoicing with you celebrating with you and Lord we do want to thank you for that thank you that we are your people and Lord we pray that you would give us hearts that would want to respond to you be open to your calling your prompting because we want to see you glorified. In Jesus' name we pray.